regardless of people that live under the fear. I've, I've noticed it, and again, I, I'm not, I'm not. I, I, I believe the, that all that the whatever the COVID is real. I'm not denunciating that. But I do believe there is a spirit of fear that's associated with it. It's demonic. I'm not saying throw caution to the wind, but there's a spirit of fear that's associated with that, the COVID as we call it. If there be a COVID too, it'll strike fear. The objective of the enemy was to fragment the church, separate us. Well, fat chance we're still here. It shows you and I, hey, we're here because we're hungry for God. There's no greater mark that can be said about you and I as I'm here because I'm hungry for God. But this fear that has plagued our earth, not the and again, I'm not saying it's not real. Real, I get it. There is a spirit of fear that accompanies it. And you throw in the violence and the aggression of our world enemy, man, I tell you, he's, he's got a strategy. As unorganized and goofy as he is, he's got a strategy for what he's trying to do. But here's the beautiful thing about it. In the pages of this book, God gives you and I the strategy we need to become what we need to be in God. And I feel the help of the Lord here tonight. I want us to open our heart before we get into tonight's lesson. I want us to open our heart and our spirit. I feel like the Lord's going to talk to us tonight. He's going to clue us in. He's going to give us some insight to some things in His Word. Things we've heard over and over before. Let's just kind of heard it. Let's just set it aside and just open our heart and say, God, talk to me tonight. If there's ever a time I need to know every in and out of this Word to be an effective Christian for God, it's now. What do you say we just ask Him to talk to us tonight before we open the Word of God? Jesus. Talk to us tonight. Speak to our hearts. Speak to me tonight, God. I need understanding from your word. I, I need you to speak to us clearly tonight. Lead our heart. Lead our minds. Lead our spirits, Lord. Open your word as we break bread tonight. Let there be revelation and understanding, we pray. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, we, we closed out, and I told you we were going to go from James, and I wanted to talk about uh, spiritual warfare uh, tonight, and that's what I intend to do. But uh, the verse I closed out with was James 1 and 5, and if you remember about James 1 and 5, the scripture talked about the kingdom. And that's where I closed was, was talking about the kingdom. And what it meant, I didn't go into great detail about the kingdom, but I did touch on the, the glory and, and the power. I spoke of Matthew 5 where Jesus gave us the model prayer by which we were to pray. But James clue, clues us in to, to another element. Now again, try
try, try to keep in mind everything, try to keep it all uh, together. I, I'm going to do my best I can. I thank the Lord for Sunday night. I heard y'all had a great service here Sunday night. Thank the Lord. I got many reports of the word of God that went forth and God speaking. I thank the Lord for that. We were over yonder in Westlake and God moved there and gave us a tremendous uh, manifestation of the presence of the Lord again. So I'm thankful. It was a good a good day Sunday. And Sunday morning, we had many visitors here. We got a baptismal that's going to take place this upcoming Sunday morning from this past Sunday morning. So be ready for that Sunday morning. Somebody wants to be baptized on Sunday morning. So God's moving and God's doing a great, great work in our midst. And I, I look for opportunities to give Him thanks. No matter how insignificant it may be for some, or some may look at it and say, well, that's just a preacher warbling. I'm thankful for every opportunity that we walk into the presence of God and a heart is changed, a heart is touched, a mind comes in alignment with God. We ought to be thankful 24-7 for the goodness of the Lord. Matthew, he gives us the, the model prayer and he closes it, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. And Jesus starts with the kingdom. And he's talking about that ultimately to get to the glory where we need to go or where we're wanting to go, uh, you, you got to understand the concepts of the kingdom. The kingdom is almost in essence a lesson by itself, just talking about the kingdom. But, but he's trying to give us the, the true purpose of what prayer is all about. And again, he's giving us the tabernacle plan all over again. But it, the objective is the glory. But he, he starts the plan with the kingdom. And then James picks up or says uh, or relates and, and, and says the term kingdom again. Paul talks about the kingdom quite often. And these are going to correlate. There's no contradiction between it. The word kingdom is speaking of dominion. It's speaking of a sovereignty. And really just in layman's terms, if you got a kingdom, you got to have a king. If you got a kingdom that has no barriers, then it's got to have a king that is ruling in that kingdom. Now, the unique thing about God's kingdom is even though the world or the earth rejected him in rebellion from Adam and Eve's fall, God did not compromise his kingdom because of man's rebellion in the beginning. The kingdom of God was here. Adam lost it. And now the kingdom of God is still looking for a place to reside in you and I. And God looks for to a person, an individual, a church that will abide by his authority and obedience to his word. And when he finds that individual, Brother Joe, then the scripture is fulfilled when it says, and therein the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God came to earth. So when you and I understand what he's talking about a kingdom, this is not some elusive thing in eternity. This is something that God is wanting to do right now in our time. That's why there's such a battle in our world right now. There's a battle over kingdoms. It's a battle over are we going to have a secular kingdom or are we going to have a God kingdom? And sad to say, but in the middle of all that, the church is right in the middle kind of being the differentiating factor of who king, what kingdom is going to win. What kingdom is going to be the superior one that, that, that exemplifies the nature of the kingdom of heaven. So when he says my kingdom is coming, or James alludes to about a saint being in the kingdom, they are speaking of God's authority, God's dominion. Now, here's the thing about it. If I'm going to be in the kingdom, i got to hear what the king is saying. And he has set it up as such that there is a fivefold ministry. 
The fivefold ministry represents the voice of the king to the body. The greater the authority in the kingdom, this is what merits the authority of God manifesting itself in our life. The greater the authority of God in my life will only be dictated by the level of submission I have to his word. The greater the submission to his word, the greater the authority God can entrust us with. And God is still looking for a people. He's looking for families. He's looking for a church that he can say, I can establish my kingdom there because there's a hunger. And wherever he establishes kingdom, he establishes his authority. This is why I use it as an example and I'll quickly go on because I want to get into warfare or what it means when, when that, that term's been so misconstrued. But, but, but showing authority, using and sometimes praying for people. I've heard Brother Billy Cole talk about this, that, that, that you don't have to shake somebody to cast the devil out of them. Furthermore, don't, ever, don't do nothing if they've got the devil in them. Just let them be. They'll throw you up against the wall if you're not submitted. And Brother Cole taught that I don't have to shake them and spit on them and, and get the Holy Ghost all over in myself. If I've got authority in God, I can look at that and say, by the authority of the name of Jesus, devil come out. We're looking for an authority in God to help us overcome the challenges we're facing outside in this world. There's a reason God's trying to establish his kingdom. Because there's an impending evil that is here and is only going to get greater. And the only thing that can stop it is the kingdom of heaven living in you and I. That's why we keep going back to the same thing. We can't just be traditional Pentecostals. We can't be a traditional church. We have to have a revelation of what the kingdom of heaven is and a revelation of who the king is on the throne because the greater the revelation of who he is the greater love I'll have for him the greater authority will flow through me you to affect our area so James is trying to show you and I this kingdom element is critical but now I'm going to pick up with Paul because Paul gives us a little bit greater Understanding. If you got your Bibles, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And starting with verse 3. Paul said, For though we walk in the flesh, from the very, very beginning, Paul is identifying. What is going to be me and your structure, but is also our struggle, but is also identifying by the means that the enemy can get a foothold on you and I. For we walk, let's go back to two, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherein with I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. This is a reason this scripture I feel connected with James because do you remember what James was dealing with in James chapter 2? They were looking at the things of the flesh. They were looking at things that were coming in uh, of opulence and and those that were dressed, you remember, in gay apparel and, and gold and they were taking these people and giving them preferential treatment. 
They were looking at the things of the flesh. They were looking through the, 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 the eyes of the flesh. Well, Paul picks up on it and says, you cannot do this according, in verse 2, you can't do it according to the flesh. Everything you and I do in God's kingdom, I cannot pray according to the flesh. That's where people struggle even right now. Our prayers are filled with fear. Our prayers are filled with doubt. Our prayers are struggling. It's not because we're a devil. It's not because we've backslidden. We're just looking at things too naturally. If we ever get our eyes lifted and see, God's already given us the end of the story. As long as you and I stay with Him, we make it to the end. And Paul's saying, don't do it according to the flesh. Same thing James was dealing with. And then Paul says, for we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the Spirit. The word war or warfare is used only five times in the New Testament. Many times, it, it, and as I said, it's almost misconstrued. We need to understand something about warfare in the Spirit and prayer. When Calvary took place, He already won the war. I'm not trying to win. I've already won the war as long as I stay obedient to Calvary. All I've got to do is fight the war that's coming against my mind saying I cannot stay in the church. Calvary already settled the war. When he died and he rose from the cross, he already he purchased salvation. He purchased my victory. He purchased my healing. He purchased everything for me already. The foundation for warfare proverbially is Calvary. And he's already done it. So when I look at warfare and praying in the spirit and saying, okay, God, what am I? Well, what am I? It ain't the devil I'm fighting. I'm fighting the battle of the mind. That's many times even right now in the service. The battle you and I are having is our mind. My mind's battle is trying to stay clear and present the word of God. There's a battle going on right here. My mind's getting distracted and my mind's... And the same thing as you. Your mind's distracted. Your mind's thinking. Your mind's wondering. Folks, come on. ADD ain't nothing new. We just got a new medication for it. Attention deficit has always been around. And I'll tell you what caused me to pay attention. A little pinch on the ear or a little pinch on my shoulder from a daddy that said, you're going to sit still and you're going to pay attention. And I learned how I had to gird my mind and sit still and listen. But now we've got devices and now we got things in our hand and things on our mind and things to do. And God said, I'm trying to come in and save your family, but we're so distracted. The warfare is me trying to gird my mind to believe God's still for me. God is still with me. Because the enemy's working every day on you and he's working on me saying, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just give up? It's an impending tide of evil that you're never going to fight. I declare you and I will be victorious as long as we stay in the church. The church ain't going to ever go down. And as long as you and I stay in it, we're going to make it through. struggle is what he said right here. The war in my mind. Now here's the beautiful thing about that word that he uses for war not after flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The word warfare it means strategy. Now this one really just kind of knocked my socks off. A strategy is something that's got to be discussed. He already dealt with Calvary. Calvary. 
He done gave the devil a good whooping and sent him on his way and done conquered him, Brother Charlie. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be worried. God's already took care of that. So what's he talking about right here? If I look at the things of the natural too much, I lose the plan. I lose what this is all about. Oh, I'm going to give you another one here in a minute. It talks about how the enemy comes in with mind games. And Paul and James are trying to deal with the same thing, saying, if you and I are going to be in the kingdom, first of all, to be in the kingdom, you got to be born again. you got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. A man's got to repent. He's got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And he's got to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you and I get it, we get our death, our birth papers. I'm now born into the kingdom. What keeps me in the kingdom? I've got a war in my mind that I don't ever go back and that I keep going forward. You might say here, well, I'm not going back. No, but you ain't going forward. I got to go forward and never go back. I can't be stationary. I can't ever. I'll be honest. That's what I, there's a lot of things. I'm just going to use his name one time. But our beloved president that is gone, I think, he never quit. And I've said this before. It was an indictment to me. If he fought that hard in a condition that I don't know where he's at in God or truth or what, if he fought that hard for some of the same things that the Word of God aligns with, then where am I to fight for some of the same things in my mind? I'm going to settle in my mind. Perfect peace of them whose mind is stayed on thee. That's my promise. I don't have to beg for it. I just got to tell the enemy, you got to get back. I'm going to have peace today. Now go back to the beginning of this message when I talked about authority. He said, well, I don't care about authority. I don't want more authority in the spirit I'm talking about. Here's the connection. Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. And what? For the government shall rest on his shoulder. Government represents authority. Throw it up there for me, Brother Ron. Government's authority, and it shall be on his shoulder. There's his name, authority, wonderful counsel, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And what? Here it is. You can't have God's authority and not have peace. Now watch me. But you cannot have peace in your life if you don't get God's authority. But I don't need authority. I, I, I'm just happy just kind of... No, 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 no. You and I need to understand. Every day we wake up, we need to pray it like Jesus prayed, told us to pray. For thy kingdom come. God, I'm praying right now, let your kingdom come. I, I know there's a war here, there's a war there, there's a war in my family, there's a war there. There's war everywhere. But I need your kingdom to come. Because if I can get his kingdom to come, I'll get his authority to come. And if I can get his authority to come, I'll get his peace to come. We're wanting God's peace, but we don't want the authority that brings us into obedience. So our families go in chaos, our minds go in chaos, our homes go in chaos, our nation is going in chaos. Our nation is our homes, our families, and really it's a real simple formula. Thy kingdom, reign in God. Because if your authority gets here, I'll have peace in my home. I'll have peace in my family. I'll have peace in these areas of my life. 
He, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now let's continue. We're talking about kingdom. We're talking about authority. We're talking about peace. The word warfare means strategies. You go to work, Brother Mark and Tell. Y'all going to have a planning session. Brother Brian Young, you're going to have a planning session, ain't you? Y'all going to sit at a conference table and y'all going to figure out a strategy of how y'all going to build that building or how you're going to do this or that. Without the strategy, does it get built? Paul's trying to show you and I that if we are ever going to be built in God, we've got to have a strategy of how we're going to do this in our mind. Now, here's the beautiful thing about it. It's not your strategy. All I got to do is just listen to what God says. I ain't got to figure it out. He's already got it figured out at Calvary. He already took care of everything at Calvary. That's why you don't have to worry about how am I going to do it? How's it going to work out? How am I going to figure all this out? All you got to do is have a moment at Calvary that you fall on your face and say, God, I need you now more than I've ever needed you before and repent of everything that you've done. And when you repent, God, Calvary begins to move in. And when you're washed in his blood in baptism and you're filled with his spirit, here's what begins to happen. God begins to fight a battle for you that you can't fight by yourself. I wonder what would happen. You say, oh, Benoit, I've heard that so many times, but that's why we don't have peace in our homes, and we don't have peace in our families, and we don't have peace in our mind, and God's saying, I'm giving you the answer. When you and I understand my kingdom settles everything, and my kingdom is ready to establish itself on the earth, because it's the end time. It's the end time. God's ready to help us more the purpose of this lesson tonight is for you and I to understand God's already got it I just need to understand what's going on I need to understand what what, what strategy I got to be close enough to hear his voice brother Charlie if I'm not hearing his voice I'm going to miss the strategy he tells me what to pray he'll lead me and guide me and tell me how to pray. It doesn't matter what may be coming down the pike. Again, I go back to right now. I don't know exactly what all happened out there today. But I know one thing is sure. God's still in control. I know one thing is sure. Tomorrow when we wake up. And you get a news bulletin of oh goodness. Look at what just happened. You need to remind yourself. God is still in control. God still knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing with the church. And if you and I lend our ear to the strategy. We can keep on having revival. Regardless of what everybody else does outside our four walls. We can have revival. So what they do don't affect us. We're going to have church regardless. We're going to have revival regardless. So, he says, it's a strategy. But what Paul is trying to show you and I is that he is denoting mental bondage has got to be pulled down. Mental bondage. Things have got to come down from our past. It's got to come down. Because if I keep holding in my mind my past and what was done or what was wrong or what didn't go right, it's an open door for the enemy. Oh, please hear me tonight. I'm just trying to share understanding. 
I know you got it all figured out. You got it down pat. But listen to me. There's an understanding God's trying to give our young people. You heard about what happened Sunday morning in our new building? Our college and career hyphen and our young people. The power of God moved on them. They got out of their classroom and started walking down the halls and got to praying. Folks, revival ain't coming. Revival's already here. And God's trying to show you and I. You got everything tied up in your... When you and I open our mouth and declare, God's for me. We're going to have a revival. God's going to bring to pass every promise that he told for you and I. And the warfare is not in the flesh. I'm not going to get in a tongue lashing with somebody. But I'm going to get in a spiritual posture of prayer. And begin to war and get a strategy of how we're going to facilitate revival. What role are you and I going to play? That's what the Holy Ghost is asking. What role are you going to play? Well, I've never really done anything, but now's the time. We need all hands on deck. Need every bit of help. We need sound people. We need uh, new camera people. We need Sunday school people. We, we need a list of people. You say, well, what in the world? What tree you fell out of, Benoit? Ain't no visitors on our pew. I don't ever recall anywhere where it just they prepared. And as they prepared, God filled what they prepared for. That's why I love one of the statements one of our Sunday school teachers made. They might have had only one kid in their Sunday school class, but they taught that kid like it was a room full of room full of kids. See, that's teaching faith. That's faith that says, I'm not going by the number. You, you look at me tonight. I ain't got visitors really I'm preaching except for a handful, but I'm going to preach like I'm preaching at a camp meeting. Why? Because the Word of God is no respecter of person. And whoever has an ear to hear, there's, God, there's a victory God's wanting to give you in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit but I can sometimes it just Paul told Timothy 1 Timothy 1 Timothy brother Ron if you can find it real quickly 1 Timothy 1 and 18 and I'll talk about Corinth while he finds that Paul was saying For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And here's what he's trying to say. He's trying to say that the battles that you and I face are battles in the mind. Here's what Paul told Timothy. He said, this charge I commit unto thee, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies which was before thee, that thou by them might war a good strategy. The word war there means fight. The word warfare means strategy. So here's what he said, Brother Daryl. Son, there's been prophecies given to you. But if you don't fight for that prophecy, it ain't coming to pass. I tell this church, if we don't fight for the prophecies that God's given us, Brother Charlie, they're not going to walk in the back door. But if I'll fight for them, and I'll stay unified with my brethren, and I'll stay unified with our sisters, and we stay unified in prayer, and we fight together. It's, it's no more just one against the enemy. It's a whole congregation of a hundred plus against the enemy saying, those promises are coming home. Those prophecies are coming home. God's given us strategies in prayer. God's going to give us a strategy. But but he's going to give us the strength to fight it. And he said, Timothy, you got to fight for what was given to you. It's not going to come easy. Where was Timothy's battle? He's not fighting the devil. 
He's fighting his own mind, Sister Agnes, of giving up. Brother Darrell, the promise is coming. God done declared it. The prophecy done spoke about your family. They're coming. Here's the thing. You're the gap, the bridge between what God said and to the time that they come in the natural. And here's the warfare. You got a war. Don't give up. Timothy was wanting to give up because he saw everything that Paul went through. He saw the stoning. He saw the problems. He saw people rejecting him. Somewhere in all this, we got to realize God's for me. It don't matter if people are for God's for me. And if God be for me, then he'll help me reach for those that I need to reach for. And I'm going to have a good warfare for the promises of God. War, Timothy, you're going to have to fight for this one. Because if you don't fight with the strategy, you're going to be afraid. How many prayers have we prayed and we're frustrated? Brother Smith, I know prayers I prayed and I'm frustrated to this day. And you know what God keeps coming back to me? That wasn't my strategy, that was yours. That wasn't mine. You took it on yourself of how it was going to work out. Instead of following what I said in my word, seek first my kingdom. Come on, somebody. Seek first my kingdom. You see where it's all going back to? The kingdom. When everything's going crazy in the presidency, seek the kingdom. When everything's going wrong in your 401k, seek the kingdom. When everything's going wrong in your marriage, seek the kingdom. When everything's going wrong with your family, your kids, seek the kingdom. I come against that spirit of doubt and unbelief right now. That's trying to oppose us from where... It don't want you and I to believe what's being preached here tonight. Well, I've heard that before. This, here's the spirit now that wants to come. Who cares? Who cares, Brother Sal? Who cares? It don't matter. Who cares? It's not my kid. It's not. I don't teach them snotty-nosed little brats. Who cares about men's prayer? Who cares? And here's what God's saying. We're in the 11th hour. We're in that last moment that God is trying to tell. I need all hands on deck that I can give you the strategy that you ain't going to be frustrated no more. But when you pray, you're going to pray with such a target and such a such a detailed specificness that when you speak it, something's going to begin to happen. I'm going to give you a strategy for the, this plan. I'm going to give you a strategy for that department. I don't know about you. Let people say, Ben Wall, you take forever to make a decision. You know what? I'm waiting on the strategy. Because I know enough about humanity that if we do it and it blows up, not for the good, people are going to be discouraged. And we got enough discouragement now. We don't need more discouragement. We need encouragement. And the only place I've ever found real encouragement is when I get in that book and he gives me a strategy of how I'm going to reach the loss and how I'm going to be a better husband, a better father, a better man of God, a better... 
Paul said it like this. Here it is. Casting down, verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10. Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity. Folks, we've heard that scripture. See, here's how the enemy gets in to our mind. And I'm still relating this to where we are as a nation. Watch. The Bible says, it's real simple. The Bible says, Jesus did it like this. For I have nothing in common with him. For he comes and finds nothing in me, was the original translation. The tra- or the, ori- the original King James. The translation is, I have nothing in common with him. So when the enemy comes and he says, cast that stone into bread. I have nothing in common. He did not allow the words to penetrate his mind. Because as soon as I let the words penetrate my mind. The enemy got a foothold in my mind. How many times has a thought come to you and I for the day? We get a phone call or we get this or just a random thought. I'm walking through the church and a thought out of nowhere hits me. Well, I, my Lord, I, I, I think, and it's a, about somebody else. And that thought torments you and I all day. Here's Jesus, what he said. I have nothing in common with him. And here's the other part. Paul said it like this. For the enemy himself can come and take you captive at his own will. So here's what those two mean. Jesus said, I ain't got nothing in common. It means Jesus' will was in such alignment with the kingdom that when the enemy came, Sister Claudia, there was nothing that could deter him from the mission. So if I'm deterred from the mission, here's what it means. He found something in me that we have an agreement. Ooh, y'all don't go quiet on me now. I'm trying to be upbeat and faith and all that. But now y'all going to make me dig. If he comes and my mind starts wondering what, you say, well, it doesn't mean you're in adultery. What it could mean is you're controlled by a spirit of fear. You're controlled by doubt. You're controlled by worry. When God's saying, I want you to war for your mind that it stays on Calvary. Because if we can keep our mind on Calvary, what's Calvary mean? Salvation, deliverance, healing, victory. Yeah, woohoo! But here's the greater picture, Brother Larry. It's what gets me back home. You see how this thing goes all the way back to heaven. Why am I here? I gotta make heaven. See, and when you got a longing in your heart for heaven, I don't care what the Democrats do, the Republicans, the Unitarians, I don't care. Y'all can do it all what you want. I got a revelation, Brother Smith. I'm going home and I'm going to see Jesus because I'm not going to let you tear anything down in my mind. See, I'm having war right now in my mind. I'm going to make heaven my home. And it doesn't matter what wrong getting by. It don't matter. In the end, wrong gets taken care of. I just need to make sure I make it to the end and I make heaven my home. That's why the best place you and I could ever be is in the church Worshiping Him with everything we have. 
don't let people gossip and negative and don't let them stop you from living for God. You're going to hear it on the news. You're going to hear it in your family. You're going to hear it by your neighbor. You're going to hear it at the doctor's office. No matter where you go. Well, I guess we just... I'll never... I heard it just the other night. Brother Mangan Steele, he told that old story. He went to Washington, D.C. You heard it. He went to Washington, D.C. When he went to D.C., on the first march on D.C. back in the 90s, and all these televangelists were there. And they're all out there, and they get up there going, well, the crime rate's bad. People are being murdered. Abortion, and they're just going on and on from the, from the podium, televangelists, how bad it is, how bad it is, how bad it is. And finally he said, I wish I could call the old preacher. I don't know who he was, some old elderly. I thought he said old elderly black preacher. He got up there. Pointed that old finger out there. And how did he word it? Y'all remember the exact words? How he said it from that pulpit. He said something like this. God ain't in trouble. I don't care. Hey, I, I, I say, I care about a boy. I care about the injustices. But here's my point. You and I got to get to a point where once I've done my part, I've prayed, I've voted, I've done everything I know to do. It's in God's hands. It's in God's hands. I'm going to keep praying and believing it's going to turn and things are going to happen. But if it don't ever turn, I know where I'm going. I know that my election is going to be sure. God's not short concerning His promises. He's not asleep. And because you and I haven't seen what we want to see, our son and daughter walk in the back door, that doesn't mean God's for God. It means I've got a war in my mind and keep saying, God, you're going to do it. God, you're going to do it. God, you're going to do it. That's the strategy you gave me. I dedicated that boy. I dedicated that girl. I dedicated, come on, Indian village. You raised them on your pew. I dedicated them under the Lord. It's time for them to come home. Let's war the warfare that God's calling us to and never. Never give up. Never give up. I don't care if they're on a vent. I never gave up. Lost brother Guy. Lost brother Hernandez. Lost all. Oh man. Brother Guy, the great prophet. This ain't about who's great. This is about the will of God and somebody that'll war for the strategy. The strategy was, I just need somebody like an Ezekiel say, do you believe it'll come off? I'll believe it. What if I'd have said, or I know everybody's praying, but what if we'd have said, well, we lost Brother Guy. We lost that one. Jesus, bless Brother Smith. Jesus, get him up off that vent. In Jesus' name. That's it. But somebody got down in that carpet and grabbed a hold to it and said, God, 
in the name of Jesus. I need a strategy. Is there prophecy over Brother Smith that ain't been fulfilled? Then I need that prophecy fulfilled. How many prophecies are waiting on some of us in this place tonight? Brother Joe, you say, well, I don't know about all this. There's prophecy on you. You ain't even been here. People prophesy that people are going to come from all over and they're here now and things are starting out. What does all that mean? I got a war for the purpose of God and the kingdom of God to be established Paul said, if you don't cast down that war and take it, that stronghold, and bring it under the obedience of Christ, it ain't happening. I don't bring it down. Every distraction. And let me tell you something. The hour is only going to be greater in distractions. Greater. Young people, listen to me. The greatest thing you're going to face is this technology that's coming down the pike. It's going to try to pull you away. It's going to try to distract you. And it's after one of you. Folks, look at it. let's look at Hollywood. Let's just look at Hollywood. What's an actor? Just stretching my back, y'all. I got a kink. It ain't working. What's an actor? He's a liar. He's trying his best to make you believe. That's why everybody loves Rambo. But if you ever meet Sty Salone, he's a jerk. I'm just being facetious. I don't know if he is or not, okay? My point is, we fall in love with what we see on the screen. We fell in love with a lie. we ever met him in real life it wouldn't be so look at the whole picture now what's the enemy try to do for you and I make us believe a lie what's the greatest lie that was perpetrated all the way back to the garden brother Joe real simple God don't care that's it God don't care God if you really cared our country wouldn't be in the shape it's in God, if you really cared, we wouldn't have to go through COVID. God, if you really cared, the war in my mind. Maybe y'all don't, maybe, Brother Larry, maybe there's people that sound my voice, that's not a struggle. But you know what? It's a struggle in this old boy. Because I see wrong getting by, and I want to say, God, where's the Sodom and Gomorrah? God, don't let it rain down nothing but rain. Paul said, you better understand something. You got to cast it down. You know what cast down? It means to grab and with violent force rip it down. So when that thought hits you and he comes to take you captive at your own will and say, you're never going to succeed. You're never going to make it in living for God. You'll never be a man of God. We'll never have revival here. What do we do? We cast it with violent force. You see why now I talk about prayer? We can, we, there's times where we can have prayer, intimacy with God and talking. God, I love you and I thank you. But then there's other times we lift our voice and declare, why? I'm violently tearing down things in my mind. I'm not fighting against the devil. He was already won on Calvary and already beat on Calvary. I'm fighting against things in my mind that keep saying, this ain't never going to happen. This ain't never going to work. You're never going to see the miracle. You're not going to see your mama's miracle. God is going to come for you and I aid at 
the right time and the right season, regardless of what the... He said, bringing into captivity every thought. Musicians, come, I'm done. Bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of the Spirit. Here's what Paul just said. If I don't learn, Brother Dale, that when the thought comes to rein it in, my warfare is not going to be successful. My promises that God has given me like I had or like Timothy has, I'll never see them come to pass if I don't war to stay in the game, engaged in the game. Because the day, remember David, it was time for the kings to go to battle. Does anybody remember? Where was King David, Brother Smith? home when it was time to go to battle and fight David's at home brother Daryl on his sun deck and he gets up early in the morning or late in the afternoon and looks out over and there's old Bathsheba brother Jeff taking a bath no pun intended when he should have been Doing what he was called to do. That's why many people, I, I, I can't get away from Sunday night services. I'm sorry. There's no right or wrong. I just like Sunday night services. I like them. And an hour when we need church the most, we need prayer and church. We need these things. I'm not saying we won't change them and tweak them along the way, but we just need church. But here's what I get out of that. If we aren't staying at home Sunday night and doing constructive stuff with our families, somebody going to get in trouble when they need to be warring. Somebody is going to be playing around when they shouldn't be playing around and end up like David looking out and take something that shouldn't have been his. I don't know about you guys, but here's the thing. We need to pray more than ever before. We need to be faithful in the house of God more than ever before. We need to have evangelism more in the house of God and out of the house of God than ever before. What do you say? We let this end time, this, this new year that we've now embarked on. What do you say? Let's, I didn't finish tonight. I'll come back next Wednesday and finish up the last parts on warfare. But what do you say? Just with the little bit the Holy Ghost has shared with us tonight. Who's ready to kind of just take my mind and just put it at the feet of Calvary today and say, Jesus, I want you to wash my mind. I want you to wash my heart. Stand with me right now.